Hello and welcome to episode number four of the Raw Food Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Jane the Rotarian, and in this episode, we will be talking about food processing. What is it? How is it different from blending your whole food meals? What kind of recipes can you make in a food processor? And lastly, I'm going to end with a really quick handy tip um, for how to keep your food processor cleaner when you're making recipes. Stay tuned, I'll be back with you shortly. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm really excited about this. It's episode four of the Raw Food Podcast. And today we're talking about food processing, which is a huge part of my life as a raw foodist or a raw vegan. Um, I tend to make a lot of different dishes in my food processor that can range from um, nut pâtés to sweet desserts and it's a really huge part of my uh, world as a raw vegan. So what I'm going to talk about today first is just what is a food processor. Before I went raw, I came from a wonderful happy household. My had my parents were fabulous, but they weren't really much for being chefs in the kitchen. And so when I was growing up, we didn't even have a food processor. So it was all new to me. Um, what it basically is, is it's a kind of a plastic, plastic dish with a large blade. They call it an S blade. And it kind of like sits in the bottom of the bowl and spins around. Um, and then there's a lid on top, which basically keeps everything inside. So it's pretty simple and they're actually not very expensive. You've probably heard me say this before in terms of eating whole food lifestyle, um, that it's really important to get a really super expensive, fabulous, crazy $500 blender and you don't need a similarly good food processor. My food processor that I use every day cost me I think around $50 and I've had it for almost three years and it works fine. Um, and you definitely do want to get one that is probably can hold at least six cups of food. You sometimes see those really tiny food processors and they can be handy, um, but that can't be your main food processor because it's just too darn small. So that kind of gives you an overview of what a food processor is. Now, another really common question I get asked when people are equipping their raw food kitchen is the difference between blenders and food processors. And they're kind of already feeling overwhelmed with this whole new lifestyle. And they're asking me, do they really need to have a blender and a food processor? Because, I mean, really, if you think about it, they're both plastic containers and they both um, have a big blade in the bottom. And come on, do you really need both? And unfortunately, even though I'm a total realist and I love to keep things cheap and quick and dirty, you do need both of those items. And the huge and substantial difference is that it's really simple. A blender is used for wet liquid stuff. So, you know, things like smoothies and sauces and pudding and icing and all that stuff that's really needs to be smooth, soups, things like that. It's all really liquidy stuff. And that's what a blender is used for. 
On the other hand, a food processor also just has a big blade, but it is used for drier things like, you know, not for super dry things like, you know, flour or that type of thing. It's used for drier recipes like brownies or um, cracker batter or what else do I use in there? Um, nut pate or pie crusts, things that aren't soupy liquidy. They're just kind of, they're still moist, but you know, a little bit chunkier and you really can't substitute one for the other. It just doesn't work. Um, yeah, so if you're st just starting out, of course you've heard me say before you need a super expensive blender and I really do stand behind that and even though I'm the cheapest person on the planet I do have an expensive blender but I also realize that we have to be real here and if right now let's say you're a college student or you know really on a tight budget and you don't have either of those things I would say you know just go to Target or your big box store and get a cheap food processor $50 that will last you it might die because it's probably kind of crappy, but that'll last you for a while. And then just start out with the cheap blender. I mean, the cheap blenders suck and they don't do a good job and you should upgrade eventually. And the reason why I want you to upgrade is that with a blender, kind of going off on a tangent, but that's okay. But with a blender, it's a cheap blender is not going to get the same results as an expensive blender. Cheap blender is not going to liquefy things in the same, to the same degree. So that's the reason why I care. Whereas a food processor, it kind of gets the job done, whether you get a $50 one or a $200 one. I, I find that the difference is really not that big of a deal. But with the blender, like if you're, talking about green smoothies and, and things that really are kind of gross if they're not pureed and blended like really, really well. So that's the big difference between food processors and blenders. Um, they're both really important and you, of course, the success of your recipe is going to depend on the quality of your appliances and just the fact that you're making your, your recipe in the right appliance. I definitely get a lot of people asking me, you know, I don't have a food processor, can I make this brownie recipe in my blender? And the answer is no. If you try to make something that's kind of dry and chunky in a blender, it's not going to work because a blender, just think about it, the blender is so high and skinny and it needs to have the liquid cycling all the way up and down. Whereas when you have chunky stuff like nuts and things like that, they don't, without liquid, um, they don't cycle. They're just gonna fly around like crazy. So again, that's the difference between a food processor and a blender. And now, what kinds of recipes can we make in a food processor? If you haven't uncooked with a food processor before, um, there's kind of two, maybe three main types of foods, I would say, that are made in a food processor. And the beauty of the food processor is that it will um, kind of make things seem cooked. And here's a really good example. You've heard me go on and on in episode one of the Raw Food Podcast about brownies and how you can make them in a food processor. So I won't go into detail today. If you are interested in, in that, you can go back and download episode one of the Raw Food Podcast. But essentially, 
the, one of the main things you can make is um, brownies or other types of desserts. And what I'm trying to say here is that it allows you to kind of mimic cooking. If you put some nuts and coconut and dates and cocoa powder into the food processor and process them up, it's gonna kind of leave you with a nice cookie dough consistency that you can press down into a glass brownie dish. And basically it, it seems like it's been cooked when you, if you were to refrigerate that because of the texture. And it, it just allows you to cut things up and, and kind of blend them in a really, really nice way that's really hard to replicate um, in, in any other situation, really. So you've got your sweets that you frequently will make in a food processor. I mentioned the brownies about 10 times. I also make a lot of pie crusts. I'll make truffles, um, other little energy balls, um, a lot of different things which are made in the food processor. So that's one type of thing. Another type of thing I make a lot in my food processor is this more savory stuff like one thing I eat a lot of are called nut pâtés, and frequently they will have a base of a certain nut, like cashews or sesame seeds, things like that. And you'll combine those nuts with a bit of liquid, frequently some lemon juice, maybe some bit of olive oil, some water, um, things like that. And then also spices and vegetables. And so you'll kind of get a hummus-like consistency depending on your recipe and this is all done just with the food processor so you don't need to cook it or do anything else with it of course it just you basically usually will put the hardest things in the food processor first usually that would be the nuts um, so maybe you put your like one cup of cashews for example in there and you usually would blend up the hard things like the nuts first on their own and kind of get that done and usually you would blend it I'm using the wrong term you would process it into almost like a flour so you're gonna put your cashews in there and just start processing it not for very long you know 20 seconds maybe pulsing and processing and then you're going to you can watch it because they're usually transparent so you're gonna see it it's turning basically into a flower like consistency so little little mealy um, tiny tiny balls similar to flour and then you're gonna probably start adding your vegetables and and uh, process those up and then your spices and any liquids as well so I have on my uh, raw recipe website at therawtarian.com quite a few nut pate recipes. Just looking at there um, right now. Uh, one I used to eat a lot of, I haven't eaten it lately actually, but I call it the raw vegan chicken salad recipe. And of course there's no chicken in it, but the consistency reminds me of um, chicken salad sandwiches that I used to really like before I went raw. And so to give you a sense of that recipe, for example, you've got um, two cups of nuts, a combo of pecans and cashews, and also some sunflower seeds in there too. So I'd, I'd put those into the food processor. Then I have some cucumber and some red onion and some celery and a bit of apple. And then I've got, what do I have here? A teaspoon of dill some lemon juice and some sea salt. 
So that's basically all I'm putting in there. So in case you didn't catch all that, basically it's just nuts, vegetables, some dill, and some lemon juice. And for that one actually, because we're looking for a kind of a chunky chicken salad type consistency for that recipe, um, I think, yeah, here's my directions. It just says throw everything in a food processor. And look at that, I even wrote, do not use your blender for this. And then um, you're just gonna process really briefly until it kind of is the chunky chicken salad-like texture. So that one's actually super easy because we want it kind of chunky still. But that's a good example of a nut pate. So um, I first said we frequently will make desserts like um, bars and things like that in the food processor. Secondly, I was just talking about nut pâtés, and I have actually, let me just get to my recipes here. I'll just list you some of the titles of some of the, these are all free, by the way, if you go to the Rotarian and just click on my big recipe index button. Mm -hmm. I am scrolling and looking for the raw nut pâtés. So I mentioned the chicken salad recipe. I have a veggie cream cheese recipe, which is quite good. It's quite salty and it's good. I have, um, what else, a raw, couple of different raw tuna salad type recipes that use nuts and some dulse, which is a seaweed, to kind of give it that fishy kind of tuna flavor. Um, yes, and I have like a few other nut pate recipes on there that I like a lot too, especially a um, an egg salad. Oh no, I think I make that one in a blender. Anyway, there's a whole bunch. I have, I think, over 100 raw recipes now on that index, and they're all available for free, so you could go to the Rotarian and check those out. But one of the other, so this is going to be like the third type of thing I usually will use my food processor for, is this does talk about dehydrating, but um, that's not for everybody, especially if you're new, but one thing I do do is make my own crackers. And it's basically the same as the nut pate concept, except the cracker will usually be more wet than a nut pate because of course you're gonna dehydrate it and allow some of that moisture to evaporate. So I've got a lot of great cracker recipes too, and the onion bread, super popular, and a pizza crust recipe, yes. I, this one I had flagged to talk about on this podcast. So again, this is a lot really a lot like the nut pate like i said it just usually has more liquid in it and also if you're making a cracker you will always need some type of binding agent which that's just a fancy word for saying some ingredient that's going to keep everything sticking together because if you're making a cracker obviously you need it to stay together you don't want it to just crumble and fall apart and usually in raw food recipes, the binding agent is generally flax seeds. So you'll frequently find that in raw recipes and you won't want to, you know, omit that because you really do need a binding agent. Now flax does have quite a strong flavor. So usually I'll use as little flax as possible just because it really will change the flavor of a recipe. It's not bad or good. It's just that um, you, I find I like all my recipes to taste different. I don't want to always have my crackers tasting like with an overall flavor of flax. So um, 
I do have this pizza crust recipe, which is um, two cups of almonds, and then you just put those in the food processor. This one, this recipe does actually call for quite a bit of flax. So one cup of flax, a cup of water, some olive oil, some spices, and some salt. And so really that's basically like a nut pate. The only difference is that one, this recipe I should say, has one cup of water. So that is gonna make it pretty liquidy. So it's not gonna work for a nut pate, but it certainly would work um, as kind of a dough and then you can dehydrate it. So cracker recipes and making cracker batter is usually done in a food processor. And there's a few things that can go either way, like but it's all depending on the consistency, right? So if you have something that's gonna be really liquidy, a cracker batter that's gonna be super liquidy, you sometimes can make that in a blender, but it's really gonna depend. And I would say if you're not sure, probably you should default to a food processor when it comes to cracker recipes. Um, yeah, overall, I think it's really important to have a food processor and in fact sometimes when I'm talking to friends and people that I know in the real world who've maybe never heard of raw food actually I don't really start them and get them excited about blending I usually will say do you have a food processor at home and usually actually I've been quite surprised most people that I talk to even just normal um, non-raw people will say that they do have one and so then I'll say, oh, well, I've got a great, this darn brownie recipe that I always talk about, but I will kind of introduce them to using their food processor to make a few things. Um, and that seems to be kind of accessible to people and they don't find it too odd. Like, whereas sometimes I will talk about making, say, Alfredo sauce, raw Alfredo sauce in a blender and it's, it seems to be people have a harder time kind of absorbing the concept of making sauces in a blender, but making meals in food processors seems to be a little bit more accessible or seem more normal to people. So I usually start out talking about that. Now I haven't actually given any courses in my local area, partially because I do live in a small community and um, just haven't really looked into doing that at all. But I often think that probably if I was to teach a course on raw food locally that I would probably do most of that um, in terms of processing recipes as opposed to blending. I'd probably do a combination, but I think I would definitely start with that. I think overall processing is something that can be really easy and it's kind of just like all of this raw food stuff it's just a case of getting a hang of doing it and I, I know that sounds sort of cliche but it is true and I think something that you can do to kind of help yourself out is try to just start with some recipes that are um, no fail recipes like usually that'll be kind of tried and true recipes and that could be from my site or from a wide variety of sources but usually that'll be you know recipes with just a few ingredients and not too complicated so I think that's a really great place to start if you're looking to incorporate more raw healthful 
foods into your diet if you're not already doing that quite a bit is to explore the option of the food processor and again you can pick one up usually for $50 maybe even less than that depending on your area and just give that a try I think um, for people who aren't completely raw I think that it can be really handy to make some nut pâtés and then you could still use them in you know your standard whatever you like to eat like on a bagel or um, topped on top of a salad that's a really great thing to do if you want to look for a substitute for say like putting chicken on a salad or something like that you can make a little balls of some type of nut pâté and serve that on top of a salad and it's a really nice substitute for tuna or chicken and, and that type of thing. I think in the intro I did allude to the quick tip I wanted to talk about in terms of helping to keep your food processor clean and something I don't remember who told me this but I picked this tip up a couple of years ago and it's been super handy and it involves the lovely useful saran wrap. At the beginning of this episode, I mentioned how a food processor generally has three parts. Plastic bowl, removable S-blade, and a top. Now, the top of a food processor, it's basically like the lid, I should say, usually has all these crazy compartments and, gadget and gadgets and little nooks and crannies that sometimes they're they will allow you to use accessories like um, so they might have slots for slicers and slots for you to put drop food down into but that top area is, can tend to be really annoying to clean so just a great tip is so you've got your food in your food processor you've oh I should mention whenever you're loading your food processor you always want to make sure that blade is in there first um, before you put any food in because obviously it's kind of hard to get the blade blade in if you've already filled it with food but anyway so you're gonna have your blade in there then you're gonna put your ingredients in and like I said some recipes won't want all the ingredients in right away and that's just to make blending easier or processing I should say but yes so I'm getting to the tip here so the tip is you would rip off a sheet of saran wrap that was going to be bigger than the whole size of the lid and before you put the lid on just flatten that saran wrap on the top of it and then put the lid on snugly and so you're gonna have the saran wrap kind of sticking out of the edges um, but what that's gonna do is it's gonna just protect the lid from getting any splatter so that is a super handy tip and sometimes it depends on the recipe it might be more annoying than it's worth if you have to keep taking the lid on and off and doing things like that but it's a great tip for my um you know for all my recipes really if you can at least think of it because it can be quite awkward cleaning that top and anything to make our raw lives easier is a good thing i say so i did just want to talk a bit today about food processing and i think i did that i don't have too much more to say on that subject but it is a super thing to do um, I love my food processed recipes I couldn't live without my Vitamix or my food processor and um, yes I guess I'll just keep it brief and say thank you so much for joining me on this the fourth episode of the raw food podcast um, 
I've been receiving a lot of great comments about the podcast. A lot of people saying that you've just found me through the podcast, which is pretty cool. I, um, you know, hadn't had much experience at all with podcasting. It's really neat to know that there's a lot of people out there listening to podcasts throughout their day and maybe commuting or jogging and that kind of thing. It's really neat. So hi to all the new listeners. And I have also received feedback about my microphone and my audio levels, and I'm going to try to work on that too. My philosophy and strategy with all of this raw food stuff is I'm always trying to make things a little bit better every time. So um, I hope that my audio recordings will be improving over the next few months. And um, I guess I'll just say thank you again. I really appreciate all your feedback about the podcast and about my recipes. And I look forward to seeing you at the Rotarian. You have been listening to the Raw Food Podcast with your host, The Rotarian. Be sure to visit me at www.therotarian.com where you can browse over 100 of my absolute favorite simple, satisfying raw vegan recipes that you'll find pretty quick to make and with just a few ingredients and that taste spectacular. While you're there, be sure to sign up for my newsletter and once you sign up for that, you'll get a copy, a PDF copy of 11 of my most favorite, most satisfying most delicious recipes including raw vegan alfredo sauce, raw brownies, and a whole host of other delicious recipes that you can make at home uh, that are raw vegan and taste amazing. Thank you so much for joining me and I hope to uh, hear from you very soon and until next time, enjoy your raw adventure.